0: This podcast is brought to you by Conquer Cancer, the ASCO Foundation. Our mission is to accelerate breakthroughs in life-saving cancer research and empower people everywhere to conquer cancer. You can help by donating at conquer.org forward slash podcast. Welcome to Your Stories, a podcast where we hear candid stories from people conquering cancer. I'm your host, Brenda Brody. Joining a support group can be incredibly helpful affirming, and life-changing for patients and survivors. As a breast cancer survivor myself, I have greatly benefited from Hope Connections, a nonprofit community organization that provides free, I want to say it again, free support group services for people who have been diagnosed with cancer and their loved ones. Support groups like this form a critical bridge between the worlds of social work and oncology, particularly as people make the transition from patient to survivor. Stephanie Stern, a licensed professional counselor and support group facilitator and program director of Hope Connections, is my oncologist social worker. Stephanie helps me and many other patients and survivors to more effectively process and navigate the mixed emotions that come with conquering cancer. Today, she joins us for a candid conversation about how patients and survivors can make sense of their experiences during and after treatment and why oncology social work is essential to cancer care. Stephanie, welcome. Thanks for being on. Thanks, Brenda, so much for having me.
1: I'm really happy to be here today. Where are you calling in from today? I'm in Bethesda, Maryland at our office slash house at Hope Connections. We're physically in Bethesda and Landover, Maryland. But since the pandemic, all of our support groups, mind body classes and educational programs are being offered
0: virtually as well. So people can join us really from anywhere. That has been a huge gift. That is the one beautiful thing. I mean, there might have been a few beautiful things, but that's the one beautiful thing in my mind that came out of the pandemic is that now Hope Connections can reach a much broader group of people throughout the country and the world.
1: Absolutely. It's been the silver lining for our organization and we can really be helpful to people, you know, outside the Maryland area, the DC area. So it's been really great.
0: That's really wonderful. Well, I want to dig into more about who Hope Connections is and what an oncologist social worker does and more about you and and why you chose this field. Can you describe what you do as an oncologist social worker and what makes your field so essential to patients and their loved ones? Absolutely.
1: As an oncology social
0: worker and the program director of Hope Connections, I oversee all of our programs.
1: So we offer cancer-specific support groups, general cancer support groups, caregiver support groups, we also have a lot of mind-body classes, things like exercise and meditation, as well as educational programs, where we have an expert in their field talking about topic related to cancer. All of our services are professionally facilitated and offered free of cost, so I always say it's easy for me to sing our praises. And as an oncology social worker and the program director, it really is my priority to create a safe place for people to share openly and honestly their thoughts, feelings, and experiences related to having a cancer diagnosis, as well as having a loved one diagnosed with cancer.
0: I have a question for you. You know, 10 years ago when I was diagnosed, I didn't even know about Hope Connections, even though Hope Connections was around then. I'm grateful that the word is getting out. And hopefully through this podcast, we'll all be able to send more folks to you that can benefit, but also we can help Hope Connections grow. But when I was diagnosed, I was really afraid to join a support group because in the chemo room, in the infusion room, I started off socializing with the people next to me and I learned quickly not to get attached because I had a prognosis that I was going to be okay, but I met many who we're being sent to NIH and we're facing a more terminal diagnosis. How do you all deal with making sure folks are in the right groups? Do you break people up? Because I know in mentoring others and chatting with other folks that are recently diagnosed, others have that same fear. Oh, group. I don't want to hear someone else's tragedy when I'm going through one myself. That's so natural, all that you just
1: shared. And at Hope Connections, People typically come to us through our first-time visitors form that they can find on our website, they can call us. And I personally pick up the phone and I call every person who reaches out to Hope Connections to welcome them to Hope Connections, share a little bit more about our services, answer any questions that they might have. And then together we decide what would be the best fit for them. Um, And since I run so many support groups at Hope Connections, I can really speak to the groups. So there will be people who have advanced cancer who feel like I don't want a group that's A little bit down or sad. I really want to be hopeful and I'm still working and I'm living my life and I want something a little bit more positive. And so we have an all cancer support group. So we have people who are newly diagnosed in that group and we have people who have advanced cancers in that group. We also have advanced cancer support groups. So absolutely. I am there to help people decide what would be most helpful. And for some people, they just want to take a yoga class or do a mindfulness class. Or they're just looking for an educational program. So it's not one size fits all at Hope Connections. It's really what would be most helpful to you. I mean, my hope would be that everybody would want to do everything. But sometimes people start with an educational program and then feel like, you know what, I want to try something more. Or some people just say, I want a support group. And they come right to group.
0: So it really depends on the person. That's really terrific to hear. I know when I was diagnosed, I was fearful. So that's terrific that you meet with individuals. And I have to say, I know you meet with individuals. What motivated you to serve as a support group facilitator? Are there ways that support groups help patients and survivors that perhaps can't always be achieved in other settings?
1: Support groups can be so powerful that they provide validation, connection, and understanding, and sometimes in a way that our friends and family can't provide for us because They want us to be good and they want us to feel good and have everything be okay, which is so natural and normal. But in terms of groups, people can openly and honestly share how they're doing without having to worry that they're going to upset somebody in group. Because as one of my group members just said today, that no one else could understand but us. I think that there's a lot of truth in that because there is a deeper understanding That not everybody in the group has to worry that someone else is going to be upset by something that they say that not only do they understand, but that a professional is in the group with them to help guide everybody and to normalize and validate all these thoughts and feelings. I always say in our support groups, we invite the good, the bad, and the yucky. So if you're feeling good, we want to know and cheer you on and be so happy for you. And if you're feeling nauseous, fatigued, scared, overwhelmed, angry, sad, frustrated,
0: all of it, we want to know. And if things are just going sideways that day or that week, we are here to be supportive. I want to mention the exercise program that you have. What made you all put that into your facility here in Bethesda? And do you recommend, I know exercise, everyone always recommends exercise is so important, but Could you talk to us a little bit about what you think from your perspective is the benefit when one is going through cancer with the programs that you offer and what kind of classes do you offer there?
1: Our mind-body classes are very popular. So we have gentle yoga, we have Pilates, we have Tai Chi, we have strength and balance. We have something called mind-body boxing. That's really wonderful. And exercising, as you said, we all know that that's really helpful. And all of our instructors are licensed and very comfortable working with people who have limitations, whether it's fatigue or just that they don't have the strength to do every move in a certain way. So they give modifications and we're very accommodating to the people that we have in our classes. The mind-body connection is really so important. And when people feel that they can move their body and they start to move their body more, they have more energy and then they can feel more empowered. Our relaxation and tranquility is also such an amazing class, just a mindfulness, thinking about how to view things and see things and calm your body and also just how to breathe, including myself. I say this, you know, I'm breathing from my collarbone and, you know, that really taking some deeper breaths can just shift your focus and your energy and create some more calmness and having somebody help you do it can be so helpful. We also have guided mindful meditation as well, which is a fabulous class. I love all of our services programs at Hope Connections. They're really wonderful. And you can come once, you can come every time. People can also, you know, get a sampling in terms of what might be helpful to them.
0: That's terrific. And you're among your people that are going through what you're going through. Absolutely. I know that was really hard while I was going through chemo to have to try and take myself to the gym, but to take myself to the gym and not have hair and everyone staring at me, it added an extra layer of stress that I didn't need. So I think that is an incredible addition that you all have. What is the process of the program? Once you go through um, signing up online and then talking to you for an input session. How long are the group sessions? How often and how long can we be doing them even after treatment? What can one expect? Well, I think people...
1: Typically sign up for a support group. It's open-ended. So again, you can come once, you can come every time. I always say the more you come, the more you're going to get out of it. And also to sometimes, especially with support groups, the first group can be the most difficult because you're still getting to know people and it can feel emotional possibly to share your situation with people you don't know yet and also can feel a little overwhelming to hear how other people are doing. I think what happens in support groups is that we see each other so much more than our cancer. It's a situation And in a circumstance that we're in, but it's not who we are and we're so much more than our cancer. And I think that really comes through at Hope Connections that you can not have hair or, you know, being laying in bed and joining us and that people aren't just seeing that on you, that they start to know you and know, you know, that you have kids or a great job or, you know, a dog or cat that you love who joins us on screen from time to time and so many other things that people can share about themselves in our support groups. You know, sometimes people come for several months and then they go back to work or things start to get better and they get busy and they don't come back. We also have people who have started with us when they were in treatment and it's been four years now since they have been cancer-free and they still come every week because they want to support other people. We actually have somebody who's been out of treatment for I think 15 years and he sometimes comes, you know, he comes to group because he really wants to provide hope and support and people really appreciate that. So again, it's really individual of what's going on in your life, what's helpful. We have a post-treatment support group for people who've been out of treatment for over a year. And that group really was designed because I think some people felt like if I'm going to a group where other people are possibly in treatment or just out of treatment, some of their experiences might be a little bit different. But I do think, again, it's really important that everybody knows that it's not one size fits all. So for some people, they're still staying in their group way after their treatment. And some people feel that coming to a post-treatment support group after they have been out of treatment for a while is more comfortable or more helpful to them.
0: Can you share about all the programs that you have for one's loved ones? the caregivers. Yes, absolutely. Thank Thank you for bringing that up. Yeah. I mean, I just was so in awe when I first learned that you provided those groups as well. We call them caregiver support
1: groups. I don't know that caregiver is always the best word because people think of caregiving as taking someone to the bathroom or even to all the doctor's appointments. And when we say caregiver, we really mean anybody you love who has cancer. So you could be, you know, not around the corner from your loved one. You could be living with your loved one, but they don't have to go to, treatment all the time or the doctors all the time, you know, it really looks different for everybody, but it, basically our caregiver support groups, we have two are for anybody who has a loved one who's been diagnosed with cancer. We have one in the evening and one during the day because we know people's schedules, you know, we want to be accommodating. And that goes really for all of our groups. We have day and evening times And our caregivers are welcome to join any of our mind-body classes and our educational programs that those are available for them. And we really feel that separating the caregivers from the people who've been diagnosed with cancer was important and helpful because then they have their safe space to talk about what they're thinking, feeling, experiencing without having to worry that they're going to upset somebody else, you know, their loved one potentially, so that they have their own space. Some of our cancer specific support groups that meet monthly, we do invite caregivers to come to those, and that can be also helpful, but that caregivers do have their own support at Hope Connections as well.
0: That's terrific. I think that's so important. I keep saying, I only wish I would have known about you when I was going through this for my village that was trying to help me because it is so intense for key folks in the journey of a cancer patient to understand themselves, what they're experiencing and feeling, and they don't know who to talk to. So this is terrific. And again, this is access for all, which I think is so incredible. It's free. I mean, what an incredible service you're providing. How did you get into this? That's a great question. And I
1: am rarely asked it, which is also pretty interesting. So I knew I wanted to be a social worker pretty early on in my life. I thought I wanted to work with couples. And my stepbrother was diagnosed with cancer when he was five. And so just seeing where we had a seven-year age difference and seeing what my family went through was really, really hard. And just knowing the impact of everyone that a cancer diagnosis has and wanting to be helpful. And I think that it's just acknowledging how difficult this experience is without having to make anybody feel that there's pity on them, just providing support and validation. And people are so appreciative of the support that that really makes this work so incredibly rewarding.
0: Well, I know I could say I am very appreciative of you. So it's not surprising that you went into this. Now I know why you're so empathetic and compassionate when you talk to folks, because you have been on the other side, the loved one, the caregiver side. Because when I was diagnosed, for those that don't know, not when I was diagnosed, but at my 10-year anniversary I thought it was all going to be behind me and it hit me emotionally. And the, my anxiety was riding so high that you did spend some time with me. And what I did learn from you is that it's a journey, not a destination and that we will be as survivors or those still dealing with cancer for their lifetime that this will ebb and flow for the rest of our lives. Things will come up and triggers will happen and it's okay to lean into it. Absolutely. And to give yourself a break. So I was very appreciative, but I'm very grateful you went into it. I'm sorry to hear your family went through that though. It's amazing. Everyone we talk to, someone has been touched. It's hard to find somebody who hasn't been touched by cancer and just to normalize
1: this into the best way possible. And I think to give that space. And when you were talking about you being diagnosed and then at the 10 year having a difficult time, I think for so many of us, we push down the difficult feelings for so long and we're just plowing through whatever we have to do. We go to our doctor's appointments, we get our treatments and we just keep going forward because we have to. And for some of us, it's harder and we're more emotional going through it, which I think is actually helpful in the long run. And for many of us, it's not until after, you know, whether it's a year after or however many years after that, do we really allow ourselves to feel all the feelings And they're big and they're difficult and we don't want to feel them. It's really hard. And I think our family and friends oftentimes too feel that when treatment is over, that we should be all good. Everything should be go back to the way it was. And cancer leaves so much in its wake, whether it's physical or emotional. I always say it's a marathon, not a sprint. And 90% of what I say, people know this intellectually, but they forget emotionally. We all do. and. All these feelings, we're human, we have them. And if we can allow ourselves a place to express how we're honestly feeling, then it can really free us up to feel something lighter and we're not spending so much energy pushing it down.
0: I can't agree more. And your validation for me, and I'm sure those that go to group with you and the others that lead the groups, matters. Being validated that it's okay. Uh, You brought up a good point, you know, being post families, friends, everybody moves on and we do, but we are suppressing things, but also people are still dealing physically, but we don't want the attention to be brought on us anymore. At least many of us don't. For me, it's lymphedema. I suffer from lymphedema. I have to wear my sleeves. I'm not wearing it now. I know don't look, but I don't wear it out a lot because I want to normalize my life, but it is something that continues to be a fight for me and something I have to deal with medically on a regular basis. And that is hard, but and a reminder and it's a reminder, but thanks to support groups like you have, people are validated. And what you all are doing, everyone that I have sent to hope connections, I have sent oncologist researchers that are my clients and they have said to me when they called me for some mentoring, they said i can't believe i was an oncologist now i'm a researcher with a company i can't believe i get hit with cancer and i don't know what to do my world has changed it's gone dark i don't know where to go i can't make decisions i don't know how to tell my child i don't know how to help my husband and what hope connections has brought to them has been incredible so not only are we hearing from patients that don't have a background in cancer, but we're also hearing from patients that are involved in the cancer community on a regular basis and the value that Hope Connections brings and what you all are doing. It's truly remarkable. I can't say enough about how grateful I am for this organization. And again, I think it's an incredible thing in this day and age when access, I can't even imagine those dealing with cancer right now that don't have the resources to be treated or know where to go. But the fact that you all have a professionally led group session for all different types of cancers and stages, and it's free. That is really unique and incredible and impactful. And I mean, I will do anything to help you guys just I know you know, but I'm just saying it out loud. Thank you, Brenda. No, really, our organization is incredible. I've been an oncology
1: social worker for close to 30 years, and this organization truly is amazing.
0: What is some other common advice that you provide clients who are patients and survivors? I mean, I know you've touched on so much, but it, is there anything else from initial diagnosis that you think is helpful for someone to hear? And maybe if you can touch on after you're done treatment, what's important to hear. And then maybe someone who is dealing with a terminal diagnosis, what would be something that you think is a
1: pearl? One of our support groups is a newly diagnosed cancer support group. So it's everybody who's been diagnosed within the last six months coming together. And I always describe it as feeling your way in the dark because like you said most of us don't have an oncology background when we're diagnosed with cancer so we're learning a whole new language it's not an easy one to learn and we're really looking at our mortality just because you've heard the words you have cancer and it's very scary no matter what your diagnosis is so that's something that we you know really dedicate to helping people who have been newly diagnosed i oftentimes say to people that what you're saying to yourself is probably not what you would be saying to a good friend of yours. We're really hard on ourselves. And I think it's so important that we find ways to be gentle with ourselves, that this is Uncharted territory, they call it a roller coaster for a reason. There are so many ups and downs and twists and turns, and sometimes we can't anticipate them and sometimes we can't. But again, having that safe space to be with other people, to feel validated in what you're going through. At Hope Connections, we say no one should have to face cancer alone. And that's really what we want. We want people to come together to talk, to share, to have that safe place. So whether you're newly diagnosed in treatment
0: or out of treatment, Hope Connections is here to be helpful. Fantastic. Is there anything else that you would like to share about Hope Connections or the work that you're doing or any
1: messages I just hope that anybody who's listening, who's been diagnosed with cancer or has a loved one diagnosed with cancer, that you will reach out to us. We're here to be supportive and be helpful during a difficult time.
0: Can you share with us how one can reach out to you? So our website
1: is hopeconnectionsforcancer.org, and that's F-O-R, or people can contact us with our phone number,
0: 301-634-7500. That's great. I cannot thank you enough. And I cannot instill in those listening enough how incredibly helpful this organization is for patients and caregivers. I have personally experienced it and I've sent many folks to Hope Connections. You're making a difference in the lives of so many that are facing such a difficult, difficult road. I have another question for you. What does cancer research save lives mean to you? Cancer research does save lives and it is so important in improving
1: cancer care, whether it's diagnosing patients, treating people and even preventing cancer.
0: I agree. Every day I am on a mission As you know, and many that have been listening know, I am on a mission to use my voice for cancer research, to use my voice for cancer patients, and to also mentor and help those recently diagnosed and send them your way, as well as get them the resources and access that they need. Without research, I wouldn't be here today. And I am so grateful and thanks to the Conquer Cancer Foundation and everyone at Conquer Cancer for all that they do to raise money and to build awareness for research because without it, we wouldn't be here. So grateful. It's amazing. And it's so important. Well, thank you. And thank you for listening to this podcast brought to you by Conquer Cancer, the ASCO Foundation. For doctor-approved patient information, please visit cancer.net, which is supported in part by Conquer Cancer donors. Conquer Cancer is creating a world where cancer is prevented or cured, and every survivor is healthy. You can donate. Please help us now to donate at conquer.org forward slash podcast. The participants of this podcast report no conflicts of interest relevant to this podcast. Full disclosures can be found on the episode page at conquer.org. The purpose of this podcast is to educate and to inform. This is not a substitute for professional medical care and is not intended for use in the diagnosis or treatment of individual conditions. Guests on this podcast express their own opinions, experience, and conclusions. Guest statements on the podcast do not express the opinions of ASCO. The mention of any product, service, organization, activity, or therapy should not be construed as an ASCO endorsement.